Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, where we were joined by Gary Lineker, which is always a pleasure. We talked a bit of Match of the Day. They have a new book out and other matters besides. Um, Travis Jay is a comedian, boxing fan, Arsenal fan. He popped in and saw us. He was on good form. Uh, Jim White. Jim White. Yeah, from the, not that one. From the Telegraph. Uh, was talking about shirt begging. They're holding up the little cardboard signs and and you uh, weighed in on that as well. We had a chat, didn't we? We did. That's yeah. Probably yeah, it, isn't it? yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's good enough. Yep. Let's do it. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And I was uh, had one eye on the Arsenal Leeds game last night, and I was oh, yeah. listening. Had one ear on the uh, Chelsea game, which was only on the radio. Mm. And uh, but I, I, even I could tell that ball was over the line. I don't know what happened. Did Andre Mariner drop his special watch in the trainer's bucket? <laughs> quite, quite possibly. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It was clearly over the line, wasn't it? it was, yeah. I mean, it was anyway, but you could see it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah what was yeah, going yeah. on there? We had quite a lot of controversy. Mm. Charlie Austin having one chalked off that, oh, yeah, uh, that was ridiculous. for offside. That takes some doing. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a mad mm. night. And Kepper, um, Ben Chilwell thinks he's 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 got special powers. Well, he's a he? brilliant uh, penalty stopper. He is. He is excellent at that. And uh, Chelsea have become quite good at it. They've won three shootouts this season already. Though yeah. Mason Mount's penalty was tearing. They were on Saturday, the two he took. He's not a penalty taker. So perhaps he either needs to practice or, or forget stop, it. Stop taking them. Well, he, takes that, he, he takes it in the same way, at that, that height that keepers love. That's all yeah. mid-high. It's not high, not low. It's all mid. All of them were, and, you know, they're, they're quite safe. Well, no, Mason's uh, new book, Good Height for a Keeper, is coming out. I think he's signing <laughs> copies in... He's still brilliant in anyway. I'm no, he's, I'm no, he's, a, he's an excellent player. Yeah. Uh, Arsene Wenger is speaking to IFAB today, and I wouldn't say he's sold out, but apparently he's selling T-shirts and mugs with I Heart Biannual World Cup. Yeah. He's got them with him. It's just like a little <laughs> stall in the corner. That's, yeah, it looks like it's dead. Uh, Robo uh, Lino, <laughs> though, that's that's on that's on the board, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought it could be good. I mean, yeah, you know, you'll um, have a kind of robotic uh, assistant referee that just does um, offsides. But it can't be on a track because it'll be wiping out the assistant referee, won't it, if they get too close to it. So are they going to be running behind or in... I mean, how's it going to work? another bloke with a flag. Yeah. I'll tell you what they could do. What might be a nice idea? Do you know like those little little trains, the Romney-Ivan-Dinchurch railway? Do you know those little model trains? Steam. Yeah, little steam things, but like, you know, the kids like them, the tiny ones. Yeah, we used to have one in Chiswick. And so you could put one of those on a track, you could have the camera on it, 
and and the lino can just sit in the train <laughs> and go up and down. You're never going to get another like <laughs> another it's Mendes good. situation, are you? Now we've often mentioned that Richard Bevan, who uh, runs the uh, LMA, the League Managers Managers Association, yeah. of course he's sympathetic to managers, but sometimes you just think, you know, like uh, he's sort of basically saying that uh, he believes that uh, Ollie can turn it round at yeah. Old Trafford. You think? I get the feeling sometimes that the team could lose 25 nil three games in a row. He'd still say, well, he didn't really deserve to lose his look, job. And if you're, the, if you're the boss of the League Managers but Association, you're not going to go and say, hello, Adrian. Yeah, great show. <laughs> he's got to go. Well, he's he out has, of his depth. He's not going to say that, get, I mean, look, somebody like me is ridiculous. That's one thing. But when you get a bloke like Henry Winter saying that Conte is the man, it's so clearly obvious. I don't know what they're doing at United. It's not just the last few results. It's all the time he's been there, really. Yeah. They've under performed and I can't see what they're going to get out of keeping in the job but you know if that's what they want to do fine oh, I said, like I said last week all the other managers would be delighted um, Edison Cavani though uh, oh yeah because now the papers what they've done of course is they basically have put a photographer outside uh, United's training it's open ground. season on Manchester United yeah. Yeah. it's their and, turn in the barrel and the say. players you know the players come in and they're very very expensive cars and of course that's a very bad thing isn't it yeah. they've got money and they drive expensive cars but Edison Cavani arrived uh, in a Land Rover Defender yes I saw that yes yeah. uh, Highlighting what his team lacked on Sunday. Yeah, we get the idea. Uh, because the back four put in a schoolboy performance and uh, the expensively assembled defence committee. Yes, we get the idea. Yeah, they can't defend. Uh, Same, yes, fine, well, I've got an appointment with Dr Tottenham at 530 who well, often comes up with a remedy for all teams who are struggling. So 5.30 yeah, Saturday, Dr Tottenham will see them. It's a big them. game for Tottenham tonight. They need a result, don't they? I mean, yeah. you know, Nuno you could do with one, really. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll have a closer mm. look at the uh, Carabao Cup a little bit later on. Uh, England are playing Bangladesh, and the target is one two five. They're thirty five without loss. I mean, you'd be surprised if they didn't uh, do it. They look well in it's charge. It's been an interesting tournament so far. Afghanistan. I can't remember his name. The spin bowler, not the Rashid Khan. The other one, Rashid Khan's brilliant as well. Yeah. They've got two of the best bowlers, the highest-rated bowlers in the T20, and they're they're a danger to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Pakistan as well. Yeah, could they're so mercurial, I and mean, they absolutely, uh, you know, they've beaten two great teams. They've beaten India, they thrashed them, and also they won quite comfortably yesterday against. New yeah. Zealand, so. Yeah, what did you do me. on your down day yesterday, Andy? I, mean, I, mean, we, I had a booster. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah How did that work? Do you have any reaction it's, to oh, it? Yeah, it's a bit painful. Oh, is it arm, the old arm? It's sore. Yeah, it's sore it the arm. Pfizer? It's the Pfizer, Pfizer, the booster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? Yes, uh, yeah, I uh, helping Sue, as I normally do, with yeah. her work that I have to do with her, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's good. You know. Good, good, good. How's she coming? Well, yeah, she's coming on quite well. How's she coming on quite well? Yeah, not too bad. After a stroke, yeah. Yeah, yeah not good. too bad at all, thanks. Excellent. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, you probably would have noticed that football matches is hard not to. Lots of little cardboard signs being held up in mm. the crowd, mainly by kids. Yeah. But sometimes by adults, surprisingly. And sometimes written by adults, clearly. Yes. Please, uh, X, yeah. can I have your shirt? And uh, mm. quite a lot of the time, the players oblige, don't they? Sindai band for me. It's it's one of those, mm. is it? Now, Jim White was writing about this uh, culture of uh, shirt begging in his Telegraph column yesterday uh, while he was at uh, Manchester United as a fan. Must have been a tough day for him. Uh, and he saw a development which troubled him. And he joins us now. Good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yes. Well, the... you managed to find something off the pitch that troubled you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I was just trying to get a diversionary tactic, quite clearly. So just it meant you, yeah, you didn't have to look at you didn't have to look at the pitch, you could look at the crowd instead. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, what it involved um somebody holding up a sign at the end of the game, um, but not for a Manchester United player, but a Manchester United fan. Quite extraordinary. I mean, it is, it's a growing phenomenon, this. Mm. I mean, I, I was actually stationed in the Stratford End just above the tunnel, and they gather around the bottom of the tunnel as the players come off with their signs. And as Andy was saying, you know, it's not just kids at all. There are lots of... of, of I, I would use the term adult. I think I can just about <laughs> use the term adult. Uh, there with their signs saying, can I have your shirt, please? And... Um, Roberto Firmino, you know, can I have your shirt? There, hang on a minute. This is a <laughs> Liverpool player. These were Manchester United players. Liverpool had just humiliated them. Now, I didn't see this, but I'm told uh, that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain actually gave his shirt to a United fan. Somebody contacted me after I'd written the uh, wow. column and said that, that, that that's what they saw. Um, and, you know... 
listen, I'm 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 so old that I'm I'm barely I'm, I'm ba you know I'm barely a man alive these days. But this seems to me just goes against everything that football support should be about. It's like those half and half scarves, and we've all complained about half and half scarves. There were half and half scarves. Manchester United and Liverpool were on mm. sale on, on on Sunday. Now I'm all for taking a bit of the poison out of the rivalry, but the whole point about football is that you support your team. You don't get on board with the others and it seemed to me that you know the grasping of of, of these shirts it isn't support it's it's about i would imagine putting it on ebay isn't it i would imagine alex's oxlade chamberlain shirt was in on ebay straight away after yeah. it was or on instagram it's just yeah. but this is sense of entitlement it used to be a really nice thing this, yeah you know? the players would do it voluntarily they did no one would hold up a sign they would decide yeah. they wanted to give it to one of the fans but if they won or lost mm. they'd just find a fan whoever that fan was and they'd give it to the kid it was a nice moment but of course it, the development of that is i want one of those shirts as well dad make me a cardboard sign Yes, and uh, you're absolutely right. It was very sweet. The cameras would catch this delighted kid, you know, thrilled to get his hero shirt. It was lovely. But it has now become an ever bigger thing. It's weird because I haven't really noticed it in the time before lockdown. It seems to have really grown since crowds have come back to stadiums. And, you know, it, it, on Match of the Day you're watching and they'll always pick out a, a, a sign of kids holding up saying, can I have your shirt, please, whoever it might be? Um, but it is now just growing in this huge gaggle of people uh, kind of begging for it at the at the side of the pitch. I think if the player does How... it, it should be confiscated. Would you, what, 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 the, yeah. what, by whom? A steward? A steward, yeah. A steward confiscated. These systems you put in place, Andy, they're completely unworkable and ridiculous. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm absolutely with Andy. I'm absolutely with Andy. <laughs> The shirt begging Life steward. Back. You have a sure. bloke in a shirt begging steward shirt bin, begging steward. and yes. he comes around. Yes. And if you've asked for it, if you if you ask, you don't get. Rip it out even of their if, hands. Even if you ask, even if even if you don't get, you don't get. You're addicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the way forward. I think it is. I mean, I, I do. I mean, it's an old line, of course, but I blame the parents. I mean, I'm, if my kids had said to me, "Dad, I want to take a cardboard sign and, mm. and ask for someone's shirt," I would have said no. You know, if he wants to give you his shirt or she wants to give you her shirt, she'll do that. He'll do that. It's not quite as bad as though the, what you get in American baseball when the ball goes into the crowd, a kid catches it, and some big bloke knocks a kid out oh, yeah. the to grab the well, ball. Well, that's I've only a that matter a of time, times. isn't it? I mean, it, it, players off. That's why players give them, I think, to the children, as opposed to just lobbing it into an end like. A, a drummer with a drumstick because it can start a, a bit of a tear up, can't it? At times you're getting kids knocked over as adults embarrass themselves and try and get hold of the shirts. The, the, a tear up, indeed. The short shirt would be torn. <laughs> to um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I actually saw a, a, a grown man after the game wandering off disconsolately because it hadn't happened uh, with his uh, Ronaldo. Can I have your shirt, Ronaldo? And it, he didn't have a kid anywhere near him. Perhaps he grabbed the sign off a kid. Yeah. Maybe he <laughs> failed to get the shirt. He thought, I've got to go home with something. Yeah. I'll grab that kid's sign. Yeah. Someone offered, wasn't someone at a game the other day said, if I can have your shirt, you can have my mum. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that was Mum's idea. Yeah, if she was standing next to her son there, what an odd thing. I mean, that was a weird one. That yeah, was. I mean, messy, these, that one. I, think. I can't. It might have been. These yeah. are kind of developments, Jim. You know, it's, I do wonder where it's all yes. going to end. Yes, I, I think. Listen, if it is all going on eBay, I think, and there is a value in 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 
match-worn shirts from players, and there clearly is. I, I, I think the clubs ought to say, right, we're stopping this, and you, you, you know, it's going to charity, and mm. you have to pay. Um, I, I think that's that's the only way it's going because it just seems to be getting mad. I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. There were, I would say, about 50 people gathered around the tunnel at the end with signs. It's like the really? airport when you leave the when you go into the, yeah. the arrivals lounge at an airport, isn't it? But basically, it is. hundreds but of people open up bits of cardboard. <laughs> they're not offering the lift. They're not um, offering the lift. No, that's true. Bizarrely, when Paul Pogba was sent off, there were people shouting for his shirt. Oh, I mean, Pogba had just been sent off for a really dreadful foul. He had totally undermined... Well, no, he hadn't, because they were 5 nil down at the time. But, he, 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 you know, this was not something that you should celebrate by asking for his shirt. Mm. I thought for a moment he might be tempted to do it, to kind of deviate away from the issue. But to be fair, he just looked grumpy and walked off. But yeah. it's also the three games he misses. That's the worst. Primers well, well, I mean, they were five nil down and they were never coming back. But now, not so sure at the moment. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> we didn't start well, the other well, day, the, did we? The 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 problem, Andy, is that's that's three less opportunities to get his shirt. Yeah, so they very good point. <laughs> <laughs> can I have your truck suit? Can I have your suit, baby? Can I have your suit jacket as he's sitting in the stands? Just finally, Jim. I mean, you've, you've been going to Manchester United for many centuries now. I mean, where did that sit in the pantheon, if you can call that, of terrible performances? It was the worst I've ever seen. Wow, oh, really? Um, it, you know, I, I did see the 6-1 uh, against City. I saw, a, this is, God, again, ageing me terribly. I saw them lose 4-0 to Forrest when Forrest won the league back in 79. And they were better than that. It oh. was really awful. Uh, and it was entirely, exactly and completely as Paul Scholes predicted. Mm. Play like they did in a, 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 at, at, at Atalanta in the first half and they'll be 4-0 down against Liverpool and they were. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, where did, finally, where do you stand on the, the manager? Do you think stick with him for now, see how things pan out next couple of games or, or do you think it's time for change? That appears what they're going to do. Mm. Um, I, I think he has been exposed o over the last month. The, the weird thing is that there's not a single player in the United team apart from David De Gea who's playing better than they did last season. Mm. And that suggests there's a institutional failure somewhere in his systems. Uh, whether he can turn it around or not, I don't know. I'm, if, it, if they play as badly as they did against... Um, Liverpool. At least Jurgen Klopp had the decency to instruct his players to um, play out, uh, uh, you know, play across the pitch for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, against Manchester City, if they play like that, City will go for them and it'll be 10. It's true. I mean, they did kind of ease off a little bit, maybe with future games in mind, but you could hear Andy Robinson in that huddle when they got the third, wasn't it? Saying, keep going. Keep. <laughs> no. They really wanted to put them. I'm surprised they didn't go for it a bit Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Interesting, Neil Custis, though, who's always been one of Ollie's supporters. He's not a United fan, but it's, it's his beat. Excuse me, his beat for the sun. He says, the players are uninspired by the training sessions run by Solskjaer and his coaching staff, who are brilliant, apparently, according to Ernie. Uh, United's big names are losing faith with the manager. In turn, Solskjaer's being let down by those big names. I mean, when that happens, all that, he, the manager's got to go, surely. Yeah, I, I, think there's a, I think there is a, you know, a, a fundamental problem. But the point is, what they can't do is say, if it's true that the coaching sessions are not admired by the players, you can't then say, OK, we'll give it to Mike Phelan for the rest of the season or mm. give it to uh, Michael Carrick because mm. they're as to blame as the manager. 
So it would have to be a complete uh, clear out. Yeah. If, well, well, if it's Conte, that's the way he works. Mm. You know, <clears throat> he brings in all yeah. of his coaching staff and everybody's out. So um, yes. no links to I mean, the past, none of that, I don't think. There's no, there's no surviving a defeat against Manchester City. No. OK, they can take it to that point. There is no surviving a defeat like that against Manchester City. Um, we've had a message coming finally. Russ in Worcester said, why should it be restricted to just players? I'm off to Villa Park on Sunday and I've always wanted a Lions, uh, Lino's flag. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Lino, can <laughs> I have your flag? Yeah, have your flag. <laughs> ref, can I have your whistle? Yeah, Ref, can oh, I have your yes. whistle? Yeah, Martin, can I have your whistle? Mike. That's it. That's what you got to do. Anthony Taylor, right, when he next does a Chelsea game, hold up a sign saying, Anthony, can I have your red card? It'd be great, wouldn't it? For the game. He'd say, no, sorry, I'm using it. I've got some Chelsea players to send off. Thanks very much, Jim. Good stuff. Lovely to speak to you. There we are, Jim White there from The Telegraph. Okay, so that's us. Let's look at the doomsday scenario. Where does it go after that? If this is just the start, holding up little cards. Um, if that's just the start, where does it develop? Thank you very much. Joe Root, can Russ. I have your bat? Yeah. <laughs> we can ask any of the England openers, couldn't you? The Ashes, yeah, I would imagine. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Dom, can I have your bat? Uh, anyway, um, England, yeah, 93 for uh, one. Uh, they need 125, and uh, they should get this wrapped up, barring a disaster. Yeah. Fairly shortly. Back to John Norman uh, later on. And you're just telling me uh, there's quite a lot of um, Squid Game paraphernalia. Yes. uh, uh, Doing the rounds. But one thing, I'm not sure how. Andy, tell us. It's the Squid Game uh, Christmas Jump. (laughs) It's a bit odd, isn't it? If your turkey's dry, you get eliminated. It's not very very festive, is it? Not Not very festive, the Squid Game Christmas. (laughs) But Grandad's sitting there working his way for half a dozen sprouts with a Squid Game jumper on. Number one on it. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Granddad, you didn't make it. Anyway, we move on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Their comedian Travis Jay talks a bit of Arsenal with us. Uh, later on, they got a, a win against Leeds last night, as I'm sure you're aware. And uh, Kel Spellman is back, uh, actor and Manchester City fan. You know him from Cold Feet, another fine work. And he pops in to see us, a city in action tonight, uh, of course, and it's a tournament they take seriously. But they go to West Ham, mm. who are playing well, and David Moyes may make a few changes. City are certainly going to play some of their uh, younger players. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, though. They, they take it seriously. And yeah. It'd probably be good for the tournament if West Ham won, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, I know, I know what you mean, because it is, you know, they are, they, are, but, you know <clears> they are a machine, and certainly when they get to that final and they're full strength... You generally can't well, it's live kind of with the them. reserve cup, and if your reserves are a lot better than anybody else's, then you know you're going to usually win it. That's right. Um, we've asked you off the back of our chat with the Telegraph's Jim White, who wrote about shirt begging yesterday, and he saw mm. a Manchester United fan asking for a Roberto Firmino's shirt after the game, after they put United to the sword, and he was in the Stratford end, so he was clearly a United fan. <laughs> it's quite amazing that you'd ask for an opposition shirt when they've just gummed you 5 0. But uh, that's what it's come to. It's a bit, maybe that was as far as it went, but you've been telling us about other 
doomsday scenarios around it. Um, yes, uh, Dan from Grimsby is <laughs> off to the London Stadium tonight with a sign saying, Moose, can I have your tuna pancake? <laughs> you don't want that, Dan. They're terrible. You really don't. You don't. Oh, this is it. Graham. Uh, Graham. It's Graham Hill. It's interesting mm. he goes down this route. He says, uh, Lewis, can I have your car? <laughs> That's the next thing. Formula One, isn't it? Can't it? be Graham Hill. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's probably just Graham who lives on a hill. I don't know. <clears throat> If you like nominative determinism, though, oh, this yeah, is a nice. good one. Uh, the master whiskey blender at Johnny Walker has just retired. His name's Dr. Jim Beveridge. Yes, I think Perfect. we I think we met Jim great. once, didn't we? When we uh, did we not meet him once? Or am I going Jim crazy? Beveridge. Yeah, I, I think I might have remembered that. Yeah, <laughs> if only for the. I'm thinking we have. No, I think we involved our, with bells. I think. I think really. our paths. I don't know why I, I know that fella. Uh, it'll, it'll come back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Do you know 82 year old Iris Jones? Who married a 36-year-old Egyptian bloke? I don't. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't. She was She's in... trying to get a visa from shit. They've been separated for a year. I mean, yeah. oh, I wonder what will happen when he gets here. <laughs> Not that yeah, I'm cynical or anything. Don't, don't be such a cynic, Andy. You have a very cynical view of, of, of love. Um, yeah. yeah, go for it, Liam. He says, I'm off to the uh, next tennis match I can. Yeah. Uh, Emma Raducanu. Emma, can I have your Tiffany jewellery? <laughs> I forgot my anniversary. It's she right. might like that. I mean, she gets it for free. You might yeah. sort of... She's in a trinket. She's in Tatler's annual list of eligible people. You yeah. won't be surprised to hear. Yeah, that's right. Did you make it this year, Andy? I didn't actually. <laughs> yeah, funny they, enough, they missed you out, did they? Again, what a great shame. Uh, William Saliba, who's on loan to Marseille, feels underappreciated by Mikel Arteta and yeah. may not return to Arsenal. He waits long enough; it won't be a problem. I don't think. Yes. Actually, no. To be fair, Arsenal are picking up results. They are picking up yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? Did you I see got? Ben Foster oh, yeah. on his podcast? He was talking about um, what um, Mo Salah had said to him after mm. the after the game, and they played them. And uh, he, he said to him, "Ben, if I got a penalty, which way would you have dived?" <laughs> it's good. So he just asked him the question, and he said, "Well, I, you know, I've uh, I want to dive right because you put your last five pens to the right." So he said, "Oh yes, yes, thank you. I needed to know." Yeah. So he's he's, still, he's never it's off. It's a bit is of a he? double bluff, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because when next time he faces Ben and there's a penalty. Yeah. But you know, goalkeepers, as Ben said, they they watch trends and they watch the mm. trends of what penalty takers have been doing. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. amazing how some are better, like Kepper, some are better than others. It's but, interesting. But saving penalties. Yeah. Uh, Paul uh, from Annettsford, I don't know where that is. Wrote to the Daily Star. Oh yeah. This one, I've never thought about this. Why do the Scottish football results come through before the English ones on the video printer? A very strange thing to write in about, do they? <laughs> I've never really known. I wouldn't open with it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's not Seinfeld-esque, is it, really, if not you're doing really. stand-up? Um, have you ever noticed that? I mean, I've never noticed that. Does the Viddy printer? Was, there, no. is he, was he just watching a very old edition of Grandstand <laughs> on YouTube? It might have been. Might have been, yeah. You see that news about uh, David Rare? He's out for five months. Yeah, that's that, that, that is huge for them. Yeah. I mean, he is such a great keeper, isn't he? Very good keeper. That's, that's going to cost so any, uh, Yeah, he's injured his cruciate ligament. He, he probably won't need surgery, but five months, that is a long time yes. for a pretty... Key cog in that Difficult, in that team. Yeah, but, I don't know about much about the backup, but knowing Brentford, he's probably quite reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is a concern. That is good. 
Well, not for him, it is. No, not for him. Good, you know what I mean? If you're going to use a kind of sidebar <laughs> to get into the next bit, think about what we've been saying. That is good. Well, I mean, that is good for the backup, backup keeper. keeper. Yeah, I'm sure he's oh, seeing it like that, that in the I'm ruthless, thinking. cynical world that you inhabit. Now, last week, uh, Willem Corsten featured uh, in a commentary. I can't remember, it was Peter Jury, I think. Or yeah, it's a, a Willem Corsten, yeah. short lived Spurs player, yes. So I checked out because I wanted to check it out because I couldn't believe that he'd scored two goals against United and never played again. Yeah. So I checked it out on YouTube. Because once you do something like that, your algorithm on YouTube just throws up other games that they think you'll be interested in. Oh, so okay. 1983 Spurs versus Arsenal popped up. Oh, yes. 5-0 it was to Spurs. Oh, yes, I remember uh, that yeah. one quite well. Yeah, yeah, Alan Brazil got the fifth. Yes, I remember Big Alan. First, Mark first, Falco get a couple in that one. Well. Goal. Yes, <laughs> for the club. That was a Freudian slip. I do remember that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. So that came up. That so great, I love the fact that you go home at night and watch old Tottenham games, Andy. <laughs> you on the turn? <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> But you're sick, you're I, sick of winning things, uh, are you? You want some misery. It wasn't holding my attention, the Arsenal. Once Arsenal were 2 0 up, it just didn't hold my attention. Oh. Really. So, what were you going to do? Half time in Scotland, only 10 minutes, says Rich. Mm. Um, that's what it is. Scottish football only has 10 minutes at half time. Why do Scottish footballers not get as tired yeah. as English footballers? Or are they just that. a bit harder? Is that true. Well, two people have said it. Who am I to disagree? So that's well, that's what it is. They I'll just contact get... Paul in Annettsford and let him know. Do let Paul in Annettsford know. Yeah, he was absolutely correct. And another thing I, I found, found out today that I didn't know, that Darren Moore, there was a nice profile on him, and, uh, you know, he's doing well at the current job, and uh, I didn't know that he played for Torquay more than he played for any other club. Is that right? I was thinking yeah. he was like West Brom for some reason. In fact, he only played... West Brom about 16 times but that's because he managed them but actually he played for Torquay 124 times yes. you're probably aware of the fact that Torquay maybe get a touch more coverage on this show than probably anywhere else in the world to be honest <laughs> yeah, because we have a producer who supports them and Charlie Baker who's with me a couple of days a week is a fan but to be fair they, they are going to be in in the news this weekend because yeah. they go to Wrexham sold out the race course because mm. um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney were are going to the game they were at the, the game last night the 3-2 defeat to Maidenhead yeah. But uh, they will be Welcome there. To the world of football. That's right. They will be there for the game at the weekend, and it's it's Torquay who are the lambs to the slaughter. Can apparently. they be the party poopers? Will they be? I, yes, he says. The beast. Not what he said to me off air. Yeah. But there we are. Um, keep telling us about uh, the doomsday scenarios with shirt begging. Um, maybe this is it. Dave in Wickham says, lads, any chance I could get Andy's tea mug from today's show? I'll send postage. Well, we use a paper cup, I'm afraid. If yeah. you want Andy's paper cup, Dave, then you have got Andy's it got bad. got a lot of DNA. No, they're, they're, you want to clone another Andy. We can't have another one of those walking the earth, can we, for goodness sake? Sorry, you can do Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want half the money, do you? It's a scam, I tell you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, Manchester City in action uh, this evening on TalkSport. Adrian Durham, uh, your host for that one from uh, seven uh, at the London Stadium. They take on uh, West Ham. Sam Matface, Trevor Sinclair, former City player, of course, your commentary team. Joining us now, City family often uh, turn to talk about the club. He actually does a little bit of work at the club these days. He's an actor, you know, from uh, Cold Feet, friend of the show, Kel Spellman. Kel, good to see you. Oh, good afternoon. So nice to be here. Yeah, nice to see you in the flesh That's after it. all these Zoom mm. chats. Right, the last time was in Manchester, wasn't it? I think it was. We were at the, um, the football museum. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're back, myself and Charlie, are back there tomorrow. So, um, we'll talk a bit of City in a moment, but um, you are going to be at uh, COP26 in Glasgow, aren't you? 
aren't you, Nick? Yeah, I'm um, quite excited, really. I'm going to go up, not for the start when all the uh, the big dogs are there. I'm going to join in the middle of the week and go for a week. Um, but yeah, it should just be really interesting, hopefully. Um, just quite insightful, I think. You know, you never know what goes on at these kind of conferences and these, these big world meetings. So it'll just be interesting, I think, to see how these things operate, but also, you know, see the people that are there. Mm. I think there's going to be a presence from people all over in all sorts of industries. So hopefully it'll feel quite like a cohesive and beautiful collection of people, really. So yeah, yeah it should be, be fun. You've been involved in some initiatives around uh, the kind of climate change in the environment, haven't you? You were telling us about that Yeah, well, I kind of work quite closely with a few kind of environmental <laughs> charities. I'm ambassador for WWF and the Wildlife Trusts and then work with UNICEF as well uh, and then a few smaller ones. So I've, I've kind of, it's been a real passion of mine for the last 10, 15 years, um, kind of since school really and then just fortunate enough to have uh, developed these relationships. But it's it's just something that I think, you know, more and more we're seeing it does affect us all and mm. I think we're kind of we're looking to the powers that be to to really bring about the big change but as well try and look at what we can do individually and, and a big thing for me is just trying to not feel so bleak and doom and gloom about it which I think it can a lot and I'm hoping COP itself isn't bleak hopefully that can be a real turning point yeah, fingers we, crossed we were talking just before we started this and I think it's about winning hearts and minds <clears throat> I think if you <clears throat> alienate people you can see that the current protests the road protests we've had protests here they just annoy people. Yeah. I don't see what that's going to do. I don't see how that's going to sway people. And what is a very serious situation? If you've got grandchildren like man, you're not worried about. It. I'm not worried because I mean, obviously, I'll be dead. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. In sort of fifty years. Keep yeah, it light, Andy. Well, no, but it's true. <laughs> true. That's, that's it. True. No, you're right. You're you, right. You know. So I mean, but it is an important thing. But I just think they go about it the wrong way, and I just think it makes. People like you, your life's more difficult. Yeah, I think there's there's certain roles to play in in a variety of areas, you know. And like I, one of the big protests, I think that has really worked. I think Extinction Rebellion did do kind of something and really bring in this kind of ringing the alarm bell. But if you look at the school climate strikes, Fridays for Future, that was incredibly powerful. You know, young people really making a statement and leaving school on a Friday and stepping out the classroom. Massive. And I really have felt and seen how that did really move the conversation on and how it does work. It's about finding the balance. But the thing you say about really connecting with people, hearts and minds is the most important thing. I think that's where storytelling comes into play. And the best example I always give is uh, Blue Planet 2. I think until David Attenborough presented us with the scale of the plastic problem, mm. I think people could always blame ignorance. Whereas suddenly when you're presented with it, you can't help but feel for seeing the oceans you know, drowning in plastic, for seeing the effects on wildlife, you know, some quite graphic images. That's what gets people. And I think that's so much more powerful than telling people to do this and do that. Because you tell me to do something, I don't do it. I was like that in school yeah. and always will be. And I think that's the thing. People have to go on the journey for themselves. I think if you make them realise you're connected to it as much as it is connected to you, like you say, so much more powerful, I think. Uh, are you sensing then, because I know you've been doing some stuff with the Beeb uh, for, for young kids um, around this subject, so are you sensing that the kids are much more aware now at much younger age? And that obviously is very positive because if the next generation's coming through and, and are aware of the issues, maybe we'll see more change. Absolutely. I've, I've been banging this drum for a long time. I think we, we never give young people enough credit and I think that's a feeling that we can probably all empathise with when we're that age you always feel that you talk down to you're not listened to and where I've been able to spend time with young people over these last five to ten years they never cease to blow me away or amaze me with their intuition with their insight but also their very 
innocent and simple outlook on things. They're not bogged down with politics and social pressures and what should be the right thing to say and what's the wrong thing to say. It's mm. very black and white and very simple. And I think if we actually turn to them a little bit more and listen to them and involve them in the conversations, I have no doubt about the change that would come. And partly as well, it's because I look to the adults that have been involved are meant to be doing stuff and it's like banging your head against a brick wall sometimes. <laughs> so you kind of turn to the young people and go, yeah. no, it's you guys. We just have to hope we don't leave it too late because we are on track to actually leave this place in a in a very, very dire state and it might be irreversible then. So you just hope there's enough time for them to do what I know they'll do. There's sure. much more awareness in Europe though, isn't it? It's the big economies, America, China, India, Russia. Yeah. That's where you have to get them on board because without that, it's not good exactly and that's a big thing i've been learning over the last two years myself there seems to be a massive pressure put on individual responsibility mm. which there is we all have a duty to, to you know to do something and be aware of our impacts and try and do the little changes in our own lives but some of the big seismic change and the system change you know and looking at where a, a whole economies are spending money investing in individual can't do that and i think there is sometimes this thing that you know governments and big corporations put on the individual and go it's on you to do it it's like no 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 mm. don't mm. use us as a as a pawn to be like we're doing something if they were serious about it bring in the big system changes bring in it from the top and it will trickle down and i think mm. that's a massive thing to say as well we can all do our own bit but big change is going to come from legislation and you know taxing or kind of actually looking at how we're going to change our economy and the way we spend our money yeah, supermarkets are better, but yeah. you know, you, you still come home when you with your shopping, get rid of a whole load of plastic you know, mm-hmm. every time you think, God, where does this all go? Yeah, you know, well, it's like I won't get into it because it is very boring. But even if you look at the environmental bill and they've come out saying we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and when you really look into the facts of it, they're not doing nowhere near enough. The whole thing of you probably heard about keeping 1.5 degrees on the table, which is the temperature rise in which we're trying to keep it at. That was done in 2015 in Paris, this Paris mm. Climate Agreement. I think the UK are on track at the moment to be at 2.4, 2.7. And apparently that agreement was legally binding. So it's this whole thing as well we're seeing. We get told one thing and actually what's going on behind the scenes is, mm. is very different. And that's why then people are so lost and confused and angry because you can't make sense of it. And mm. I get it, it's, it's tough. And bringing it back to what we do. Yeah, you know, sorry guys, I ramble no, on. No, it's, I, I was <laughs> going to make the point that there is a link. You know, there was, I've seen a number of features talking about how it will affect how it'll affect where in the world sport can be played. Oh, yeah, uh, how it'll affect it's very seasonal sports. We're already seeing that. So mm-hmm. we will go into City though because you have been doing a little bit of work for the club. And next time you're with Pep, can you ask him not to take the League Cup so seriously? Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe he'll start tonight against West Ham. Because come on, I mean our lot last year. I mean you know we didn't really turn up on the day, but when City turn up, they get there, they get they kind of get through with the second string, get to the final, put out most of the first uh, team and, and win. Yeah. How many years running have they won it? Six, isn't it four? Yeah. Four? They've won it six in the last eight. And I mean, I, I it's read... good. It's great for the competition that Pep <laughs> takes it so seriously. It is. It's, it's quite amazing. I think actually from when we started that campaign, when we first won it, I'm pretty sure the other day I saw it's, it's five years to the day since we lost in that competition. Yeah. Which is wild. But it's that thing of going, you know, for, for a long time we were like, we need clubs to take it more seriously. And we seem to be the ones that do. And now we're kind of running away with it. But hey, I'm not complaining. I call it the Manchester City Cup at the moment. 
it's kind of. Are you still into it? Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, I think it could be quite a tough game tonight. West Ham are going well. I think they'll take it seriously. There'll be a decent crowd in. So yeah, I think as well. I think Pep's already said it. We probably won't be seeing as many kids we've seen playing it. I think because he will take it seriously. And West Ham are. They're, they're playing very well at the moment, yeah, so I think yeah. it'll be a great game. But no, I'm not. I think because as well, it's it's the first trophy that's available in mm. the season, and mm. I think the the philosophy and the mentality that we've tried to adapt since the takeover, and especially with Pep, is a winning one. And I think if you want to keep that whole, we win every game that we want to play in. That is kind of what I think will get you to the later stages mm-hmm. in the competitions further on in the season. When it comes to kind of the the crunch time in the Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup. If you've had that first win and you've you're in that kind of motion of we win, we win, we play to win. Mm. I think that kind of counts for a lot. I think they were saying that a lot with. Please, no mistake, if I'm not digging them out. But why United going out early? I think mm. a lot of people are saying that would have been a great way for them to just, you yeah. know, get back into winning ways and get a trophy under the belt. So. I'm glad we take it as seriously as we do, especially when we win it as many times. I must say, <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, yeah. having beaten City three times in a row for Chelsea, oh. I was oh, very, oh, very... Oh, hello. No, no, I was, I was about to pay you a compliment. I was very impressed with the performance at the bridge. They yeah, were I went to that, actually. No, they were amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was only 1-0, but it was like a 1-0 thrashing. It yeah. was, It wasn't. Mm. I think, particularly this season, and, and by the way, the, I think we spoke about it at the Football Museum, mm. Chelsea <clears> were, they were fantastic at the end of last season. Mm. I think in, in the, time, the games that you beat, it was thoroughly deserved. It seems there was something this season where I think it's kind of been that extra, you know, another year together. Yeah. The way we now turn up and impose our game wherever we are, I I never thought I'd see it as a City fan. I think that week, you know, we went to Stamford Bridge and did that. <clears throat> we went to the uh, Stade de France, PSG, and yeah, we lost 2-0, but anyone who saw it goes... That was unfortunate because we just played our game. Mm. We did the same at Anfield. Second half was a lot more difficult. But the first, that 30 minute section, I'd never seen us do that at Anfield. And it seems, well, even, you know, against Brighton, the second half was great again. But when we play our game and we don't change it for anyone, I think that's so commendable. And that did start with Pep saying we're not going to change the way we play. Remember his first season with Bravo and Kolarov and saying, is it going to work? Yeah. Stuck with it, stuck with it. Same as Graham Potter is doing, actually, with, with Brighton. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you get now. There is a com- confidence and a comfortability in that wherever we are, we play our game and it doesn't matter the opponent. Good and when it works, it works. Sure does. Um, good to see you, Kel, as oh, always. Pleasure. Uh, Thank enjoy you for me COP26 next week. Enjoy Glasgow. I'll be Fine flying city. the flag. And yeah, indeed. And uh, we will catch up with you soon. All Love to. Thank you, James. And enjoy Manchester. Yes, we will do. <laughs> We're there tomorrow, myself and Charlie from the National Football Museum once again. Uh, Kel Spellman there. Travis J makes a welcome return shortly. Arsenal fan, comedian, pops in to see us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Another studio guest with us now after uh, Kel Spellman. Travis J saw us a couple of years ago. He He's an Arsenal fan, big boxing fan, and comedian. Travis, good to see you. Oh, likewise, guys. Likewise, yeah, good to be back, for man. Popping in. You are. Uh, you got a big gig coming up in uh, London's busy West End. Yes, you? yes. Bloomsbury Theatre, November twelfth, man. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like I performed at this venue years ago, right? Yeah. And it was like on the lineup. And I remember that night because I didn't have the best gig. And I remember just saying to my manager at the time, you know, when I come back here, I will be by myself. Mm. And just to be able to kind of keep that promise to myself and it's finally happening, I'm I'm so excited. I can't even put it into words. Fantastic. So is it like a sportsman? How do you get better? Do you know what? We've stand, it's, it's just experience. Experience and just challenging yourself. You know, a different test. Like, you know, sometimes you can have a good 20-minute set and you'll sit on that 20 minutes for a really long time because mm. you perform at random different venues. But you just got to keep challenging yourself. Keep writing new material. Keep going. And over time, life experiences, it all adds up. You just get better. 
Yeah. I mean, you've been doing stuff beyond stand-up. You were writing for Spitting Image as well. Yeah, yeah. TV writing. Yeah, last year. That was... And that was a real... You know those little things? It's like, as a child, I remember having to sneak upstairs to watch Spitting Image on the upstairs TV Mm. to grow up and then write on the show. I was like, oh, this is one of those bucket list moments, man. Did you you go along and watch any of them recorded there with the the puppets and stuff? I didn't, no. We were in the middle of lockdown, so everything was like so tight. Yeah, like working with these great writers, Jeff Westbrook, he worked for Simpsons for many years, but like all over Zoom. So it was all like virtually being a part of this great project. So. Was it a sort of team writing yeah. setup? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't meet any of the other writers until like the screen of the first episode. So it's like, oh, you're the guy from the email thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a weird time. A Halloween special this week that's actually on ITV because it's quite because it's on BritBox and not right. everybody gets to see it. But they, I think yeah. there's one actually sort of up free yeah. to on ITV. Fantastic. Yeah. So where can we uh, get tickets for uh, for the Bloomsbury yeah, Theatre? Yeah, so if you go to the Bloomsbury Theatre website or just Google Bloomsbury Theatre, it will come up straight away and you see uh, Travis J, November 12th. It's Travis J Live. And uh, yeah, man, get your tickets. There's still some tickets available, so yeah. move fast. Is it is, is there normally a theme of the show? Is it just kind of you doing So it's thing? an interesting one because like I feel like this, this lockdown has been quite impactful on all of us in general. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, alongside my experience in lockdown, I, I actually experienced therapy for the first time and it's funny because like just kind of looking into my upbringing and childhood and different aspects you start to really discover why you are the way you are Mm. and there's a part of me that's now looked at my stand-up voice off the back of these kind of realizations and been like I've not been given 100% of myself on stage there's still something being held back and I think now I feel like really free you know I really just want to be transparent with my audience in a way that I haven't before so with this show I'm writing now nothing's off the table I'm not leaning out on any subject like I'm very excited just to I, I, I'm really excited to surprise my audience because you know they've been following me for 12 years some some of you know some of my core fan base so now they'll be like whoa <laughs> I didn't yeah. see this coming from you, so very excited. Man. So, I mean, we were talking to Simon Brodkin about it because mm-hmm. Simon's always been in characters with Lee yes. Nelson or others, and then suddenly he's now doing stand up as himself, and it's, right. it's all much closer at home. He's talking about his life, yeah. and it, you know, you can see why some comedians want mm. that buffer, they want that barrier, they don't yeah. want to give all of that away. That's right, because you, you, you protect yourself. Mm. You know, if you don't like the character, I'm okay. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this way around, it's like when I'm completely transparent on stage, if you decide you don't like it, you actually don't like me. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and this I'm, is all I've got. This, yeah, this is, is all I've got. The one life, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. You're going to like me or you're not, but I've yeah. got to be myself so I can face myself in the mirror at the end of the day and be at peace with yeah. who I'm looking at. Now, uh, Andy, you've <clears> just <throat> been checking out some stuff on Instagram and uh, yep. you're a big boxing fan, oh, aren't you, Travis? That's your, that's your thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. you say, did you say Travis got his kids? You got your kids boxing. You're with oh. David Hay? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your, your kids aren't fighting <laughs> David Hay. I mean, no, they're not. It's a bit <laughs> early for that, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, I know he's not that young anymore, but. Need still. a couple warm up first for my little man <laughs> yeah. and then we'll get him in there. How old is he then? So my son's three. Right. My son's yeah. three. My daughter's 10. I set up like a mini training camp in the garage. Yeah. So, you know, got to get him working early. You never know. Could be the next AJ. Wow. I mean, a friend of my dad's, we used to go at Christmas, on, often on, around Christmas, to a friend of my dad's who'd been a sort of uh, amateur boxer, and he still had all his gloves there. Yeah. And his son, Buddy's son, would be, get the gloves out, dig them out of the cupboard, and they didn't know we'd got them out. We were probably both about five. And we'd put on these oversized gloves. We were beating the hell out of them. Honestly, <laughs> pair of us windmilling in the bathroom. Both our noses were, were, were bleeding. And we thought it was hilarious. It was mad. It was bonkers. Anyway, oh, uh, kids, yes, times have changed. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so who, who are the kind of fighters that you grew up on and that you oh. admire? Chris Eubanks Sr., mm. Nigel Ben, that era, uh, Prince Nassim, 
That's yeah. one of the faves, man. Anytime we'd fight, I'd just be so... And it was weird, though. I was really emotionally attached to Chris Eubank Sr. Like, when he'd lose, I was like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. I'd cry. Like, I'd be so broken. Because, yeah. like, this guy's simply the best in my yeah. eyes, you know? So, yeah, man, growing up in that era, Lennox Lewis, Frank Bruno. Yeah. So it's funny. It's funny growing up to seeing what boxing's become. You know, you got a, a lot of guys mm. who are just like, yeah, I'm not going to fight you for the right money. Like, conversations we were never exposed to back in the day. So it's just funny watching the sport evolve. I've just been following it all my life. When uh, when you got half an hour, I'll tell you about the day I made a video with Chris Eubank. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> another, that's another story. Fronted a boxing video. Man, that's a, yeah, it's a long story. I like Naz, too, as well. Yeah, Naz oh, was great. Was great but... He came in post-boxing and saw us and spent mm. half an hour, and he, he was very good value, actually. Yeah, good yeah. Stories. He's like, and the thing is, what I like about he just transcended the sport at a time. Do you know what I mean? Him mm. and Eubank, mm. side by side, like, coexisting. Just such brilliant personalities to watch. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. He was invincible until he wasn't. Well, yeah. After that first loss, he just it took it's his funny, spirit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we've got the sons of those guys. You know, we've got. I mean, I know it's been some talk about Chris and Nigel doing it again, but mm. which is probably not a great no, idea. We don't want that. But we don't want you to know, see that. Connor Ben and <laughs> Chris Eubank Jr. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love Connor Ben. It's funny we've got like uh, a bit of a relationship with Connor Ben on our podcast, Undefeated Podcast, because mm. we did a spoof of Connor Ben. I do a Connor Ben impression, and it literally just went viral. Like we got Eddie Hearn's attention. They invited us to fight camp. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you, you get to meet Conor Ben, and I'm not going to lie, I was a bit like, I hope he likes the sketch. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because I don't want to, we're all laughing at it, but he might hate me, you know? Yeah. But he was just, well, he, he loved it. He's a huge fan. Next time you see your fellow comedian, Terry Alderton, uh, do ask him about the time that he did Nigel Ben, because he has a brilliant Nigel Ben, and a yeah. great Chris mm. in front of Nigel. Didn't go down too well. <laughs> but, yeah, Terry, maybe you should get Terry on the podcast and he'll tell you all about it. Oh, that's it. hilarious. Yeah. And you are a football fan, is it Arsenal man as well? Yeah, see, I'm a, I'm a closet Arsenal fan at the moment. It's yeah. not been the best time to be an Arsenal fan. Like, Twitter is not a safe space for me, so I don't really voice my opinions, but <laughs> I do quietly. Do you know what it was? Ian Wright is the one that made me fall in love with Arsenal, yeah. and I feel like I've been in a bondage with Arsenal ever since. <laughs> so no matter how bad it gets, I'm still staying in this toxic relationship. Yeah. Well, right, he's stuck with them, isn't he? He's still stuck with them. I mean, he you just, just, you just have to. It's, it's ingrained in me. I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. It's something else. And yeah. you take it. It's a funny thing with Arsenal, isn't it? You take out those first three games, and actually they've been doing okay. Yeah, exactly. I figure I that they'll finish about sixth. Fifth or sixth, I think. What? Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, as always, we've got to look forward to next season and just hope it keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sustaining game, like in, yeah. in the Palace game, where by the end of the game, they were lucky to draw, whereas at the start of the game, you know, so it's it's that. It's, it'll yeah. take time. Yeah. Well, lovely to see you again, Travis. And we, we wish you well with the uh, Bloomsbury Theatre gig. Thank it's you. Uh, one night only, 12th of November. Yep. And uh, people can come along if they're in uh, London for the night. They live in uh, they live in town, and uh, as you said, just remind us where they can get the tickets from. Yep, uh, go to the Bloomsbury Theatre website. Just search Travis J Live. You'll see it November twelfth. Yep, some tickets are still available, so move fast because they are moving. Excellent. Hope it goes well. Good to <laughs> Cheers, see you again. Guys. Thanks very much for coming in, Travis J. The Gary Lineker. Uh, is up next. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, I think when football fans look back on uh, lockdown, apart from our show, of course, mm. they will <laughs> they will reminisce <laughs> about the match of the, the special match Not of the day shows. About our show. <laughs> well, if they've got any sense, they will. But they will also reminisce about the uh, yeah. the match of the day yeah, shows. Good. Uh, the podcast, of course, lives on, and there is now a book. Uh, match of the day, top ten of everything. The ultimate uh, football debates with uh, Michael Richards, Alan Shearer, and our next guest, Gary Lineker. Good afternoon, Gary. Good afternoon, chaps. I'm sure during lockdown, when you were doing mm. those shows, they were kind of as therapeutic for you and the guys as uh, as it was for us. 
Um, I, I hope so. Well, they certainly felt that way. Um, we had a, obviously a lot of laps um, making them. And, and at the start, when we first did them, obviously they were, they were kind of at a distance from our separate homes. And then latterly when things eased a bit, we got, we got together and they're um, just a blast to be perfectly honest, but it felt like, um, it felt like a much needed bit of bit of fun. Um, it's not to be taken too seriously, although obviously people still do. Yes. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We got together and you know a few hours of, of of laughing really and and reminiscing and telling stories and stuff and and it's it's remarkable how popular it seems to have been. So um, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And Alan Shearer and Ian Wright sort of needling each other. That was all part of it, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's extended on to Michael Richards. Who's got, you need a man with yeah. a great laugh. You had Wright, he's got a great laugh. <laughs> Michael Richards yeah, has got no. a great... You need, you need someone in the front row of a sitcom <laughs> that laughs like that. It's, a, it's one of the best laughs, isn't it, I think? Yeah, they've both got um, really infectious um, personalities. <laughs> but I, I think Michael probably outlaughs anybody that yeah. I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a superstar on the laughing front. And, yeah. Um, and obviously, he's got an infectious personality and um, and, and likability, which is, is important, especially in this business. Yeah, these sort of books, they do, you know, they get they say, oh, well, I'm not, I know it's only a bit of fun, but they do get people yeah. going. As soon as you put a list of, of the ten best of anything, <laughs> you start winding people up, don't you? Absolutely, and I, th- I think we all, you know, everyone has an opinion about um, something. It's normally um, whatever the subject matter. It's normally about you know whether the their favourite player or their favourite club has been left out, etc. But um, um, but beyond that, but, but we all like a debate. We all like an argument about who's the best, who's the greatest, who's this and who's that, who's the worst. Um, but obviously, there's with, with a sport like football. Um, I mean, obviously, there are some statistics that you can throw at it, but basically, it's it's about your own opinion and on where somebody or where somebody should be. Um, so there's no definitive argument. Um, so it could be one, which makes it even better to, to debate and even better to argue about. Yeah. And, it, and it, we say it was indispensable during the period when there was no football. Then football came back, but without crowds. And that was still tough for people, wasn't it? Because it, we've seen this season, it just wasn't the same. No, I think as soon as the crowds <clears throat> came back, even when, even when the, in, in the early days of, of crowds restarting, when, say, Leicester in the Cup final, I think it was only about... 12,000 people there, if I remember I think it was 21,000, Gary, because I was 21, there. was it? Yeah. And I, I yeah, sat yeah, behind your been, lads, yeah. which was quite painful for that's me, right. to be honest. Yeah, as a <laughs> yeah, Chelsea that, fan. That's yeah. right. It was, yeah, it was, it was 20, 22, I think, or something like that, wasn't it? Because I was yeah. 10 of each and then some um, couple of thousand HS help eight, uh, workers, etc. So um, I'm sorry about the pain you suffered. But, yeah, um, no, it was fair <laughs> well, enough. Well, he's, he's just a big, a big gang uh, of Leicester fans in front of him. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, our, it, was our, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And uh, one that I'll relive forever. I mean, well like, deserved. You know, waiting well, for Leicester to win the cup. Yeah, well, we, you know, we're mm. back a little bit a lot and a great goal. But um, we, we just, I think, we, I said to our Chelsea friends before, I said, come on, you can win the Champions League. Just let us have the FA Cup. <laughs> that was fine, uh, but yeah, but crowds crowds make such a huge difference. Um, it's it's just a different sport with them, to be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. And you can see that in the in in the way I think football is is being played. It's it's ups it ups the level because the the crowd behind you urges you on and pushes you on to to go to go beyond. 
I mean, one thing about lockdown football, which I didn't like and I love football, was the fact there were so many games on telly. All the games were on. It was <laughs> like a continuous thing. And that brings me around to something that would affect you, the World Cup every two years. You know, yeah. le- less can be more. Football doesn't seem uh, to well, understand that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I might go against the grain here a little bit. In, in one way, I think... I would love to see the World Cup every two years. I would genuinely love it. I hate summers where there's no major tournament. I think they're boring. Um, I think the only reason we think four years is great is because that's how it's always been. And they say, well, maybe it's better if it's not played so often. Well, play it every 10 years then. Um, So I don't (laughs) quite get that argument. But I think there's a very big but. And that is how you possibly manage um, the players' um, tiredness, etc. Just pushing them too far. Obviously, they're you know they're massively well paid, etc. But that's beside the point because you want the best players playing the best possible football. So that would be an issue. My only way around that would possibly be to um, put, make sure that there, are in, in terms of qualifying, there's way less. So you've just got groups of say three or four. They all play in three weeks. They do it in one city, which will help um, in terms of, you know, the travel nowadays and what what we've got to do better with too many flights of football. It's a real issue with the environment. Um, So and then let the clubs have them for the rest of the year Um, and no other, no friendlies, no anything like that. But but realistically, is that going to happen? I rather doubt it. So, um, yes, I'd love to see a World Cup every two years. I'd love to see a European Championship every two years. But that's just me being selfish because I love big tournaments. But I don't realistically think it will happen. Do you, do you have do you have sympathy for the players on that front? As you said, you know you don't want to flog them into the ground because that will knock on effect for their domestic leagues and and European club football. But is there a bit of that old time? In my day, we just would have we just would have got on with it. We could have done it or or not. Well, in, in this day, they just get on with it mm. um, as as we did because and, and actually, actually, as a footballer, you want to play games. It, the week where there was no midweek game, I used to hate. It was like, oh god, we've got trainer all week and there's no game, no game in midweek. I loved you, love playing those. Uh, much footballer better, but sometimes footballers need to be protected against themselves. Um, yes, and and the the main danger is with tiredness it comes injury, and that's where it it becomes more serious. So. I do, you know, I, I do sympathise with the football. I have empathy towards them. They won't moan about it because they know how, you know, how well recompensed they are. They understand that. And in the real world, you can't say uh, footballers can't whine too much because because they get it. You know, they are massively well paid. So, um, but but for the good of the game, for the good of watching the game, and for people paying good money to see it, you want fresh, fit players, and that's important too. It's great that you get a chance to voice your opinion. I mean, so much of what you do is you're facilitating the opinions of of Wrighty and Alan Shearer and Jermaine Jennison and others. You never get a chance. I didn't know you wanted a World Cup every two years. No, I didn't know that. So it's, it's true. It's, does that well, ever frustrate you? Uh, no, I've just, have you heard of a thing called Twitter? I know, yeah. I've been known to express my opinion. Obviously, <laughs> that, that's also a subject that wouldn't necessarily come up on Match of the Day. No. Um, it would come up on other things that I've, you know, when I've been presenting, when I did, did the Champions League with BT, uh, did the World Cup, so the European Championship. That's when that issue will, of course, be raised. And, I, I, and, and to be honest, if I feel strongly about it, I can put it question i've yeah. done that many times yeah. over the past um but i leave the analysis and that side of things to 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 other people 
Um, because I, apart from goal scoring, I, the rest of it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that, I'm not so sure about. Have they ever no. suggested a kind of sport relief type job swap one day? Like, uh, you know, put Shearer or Wrighty in the chair, getting and out of the games and and then you can, you can just cut loose. Would you like that? Just one, <laughs> no. for one no, night no, I just, I No, I just want to see Alan Shearer present it. That's all. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care about our views. That would be brilliant. And um, it, I'm sure he'd do it very well. It'd yeah. be, be a giggle, be a real giggle. Good stuff. Oh, well, well, somebody or even better, my car. Or even better. Oh, yeah, that, well, that would, that would yeah. <laughs> well, we'll keep talking about the book. We're gonna, I know this is a poignant day for, for Leicester fans. We'll talk about that. You were at the Glasgow the other day. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that. So about Gary Lineker is with us, and we'll chat more after the news and sports headlines. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll be live from Manchester, myself and Charlie, tomorrow. National Football Museum. It's the draw for the uh, Women's European Championship later that day. So we'll have some uh, top guests joining us. Uh, Andy's back on Friday. We'll have clips of the week. And you'll be back, of course, for birthday spread. That waits, yes, that waits for no man or woman. <laughs> So uh, we'll do that again live from Manchester. So uh, thanks for listening. If you can join us from one tomorrow, great. If not, podcasts will be available at around 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.